What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine Podcast. This is episode 125. I'm your host, Riley. I'm not joined by Mr. Andy Nesbitt today. Um, he's not working this week, so he's not on the show. But luckily, you guys won't really have to listen to me that much talk to myself. I haven't done a solo show in a while. And he came on the show like, what, over a year ago now? So this is my first solo show in a while. It actually feels kind of weird. But anyway, not going to have to listen to me ramble on for a while because uh, MLB Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, World Series champ, Cy Young winner, John Smaltz on the show this week. Very exciting. He told some great stories, insight a little bit on the LPGA Tournament of Champions, the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions. Uh, they have it every January. It's coming up next month. He's one of the celebrities playing in it. A lot of celebrities playing it. A lot of ex-baseball players, actually, like Derek Lowe won it last year. Uh, Kevin Millar will be there. Tam Wakefield will be there. Uh, who else? There's a bunch of people playing in it. I actually think the the Barstool foreplay guys are playing in it, too, which is kind of cool. But uh, So he was on the show to talk about that, but also just playing with LPGA players, playing with Nelly. Uh, he's good He's good buddies with Tiger, so he shared a bunch of Tiger stories. I asked him about Tiger, Charlie, the PNC, because we recorded this last Wednesday, I think. So it was before the PNC, so I was able to ask him uh, what this meant to Tiger. I don't think he's played with Tiger since the accident so he hasn't played with him over the last couple of years but he used to play a bunch of golf with with tiger back in the day when he was playing when he was playing baseball and stuff but john was an awesome interview really fun to hear him uh he tells a story about how he played augusta national a couple sundays before the masters with tiger woods and tiger Woods just tiger just tore it up so it was really fun really fun to hear about all that kind of stuff so i think it was like 30 minutes or so with him so that's a great interview for guys that's coming up in a couple minutes but i did it's a bummer that andy's not on the show this week just because i did want to talk about the pnc championship a little bit but i guess i'll just ramble on and just kind of talk about tiger for a minute he i i don't want to say that he went above and beyond my expectations just because my expectations i don't want to say are necessarily high but I expect a lot from Tiger, but the last month or so has been a little bit of a roller coaster, right? He, he got into the Hero World Challenge field. He's entered the tournament to actually play in it, not just host a play in it. And then he has to withdraw from plantar fasciitis, which sucks. And then he didn't play for a couple weeks. And then he tees it up at the match. And he started out really slow, but then his game kind of rounded into form as the match went on, which makes sense because he hadn't played in two and a half weeks. So, Coming into this week, how is he going to play? He's in a cart, so you got to think maybe that works out a little bit better. But even at the Hero, he was bummed that he wasn't playing because at home he was shooting 64-65 on a regular basis because it was just the walking part. So you just don't know how it's going to work. But again, at the PNC, you can take a cart. So it was in a couple weeks that he get the game back, right? It was one of those things. And I think he he played really, really well. Uh, The short game looked really good. Putting at times looked great, especially on Saturday. He really rolled the rock really well on Saturday. Sunday was a little bit different of a story. Him and Charlie weren't couldn't really get too much going on Sunday, and they fell down the leaderboard a little bit. But Tiger, he struck the ball beautifully. Off the tee was mostly good. He struck again on Sunday was a little bit more of a struggle, but Saturday was really good. Iron play was absurd. Wedge play was great. The question whether or not Tiger Woods can still golf his ball 
is a stupid question. The dude is still a phenomenal golfer. It literally just comes down to the walking part. And that is something that we're not going to probably see from Tiger until the Masters. I have a hard time seeing him play before that unless he can, I don't know, find a, a easier walk. I don't, I don't know. Me and Andy have went through this a couple times. I don't know if there's a bunch of easy walks during the first part of that schedule. But who knows? Maybe the Genesis, because there's really that one walk down e, uh, down first tee, and then it's kind of over after that, and it's all in that valley. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, but that's probably the last time. Sunday at the PNC was probably the last time we'll see Tiger until the Masters, which is a little bit of a bummer. But who knows? I, I firmly believe that the actual golf game is not the problem for Tiger. It is absolutely going to be the walking part. His swing looked great. The speed is there. I mean, he was hovering around one mid-170s all day in ball speed. He was out driving Justin Thomas on nearly every hole or at least with him on every hole. There wasn't many occasions, if any, that JT just overpowered Tiger off of the tee, given the opportunity. So I'm not worried about the golf game. It's just going to be physically, can he get around a golf course for 18 holes four days in a row? That's just what it can come down to. And I think that's kind of what the mindset was before the PNC even happened. But now it is solidified in my mind that the golf game is there. The dude can still golf his ball. It just comes down to if he can walk. That's it. Charlie? Charlie was um, impressive despite the injury. You could tell it was a huge bummer on Friday when the report came out that he rolled his ankle at the range. I guess he said his rolling ankle. Tiger said it was growing pains. I don't think it's growing pains. I've had gro- I had growing pains. Everybody had growing up, and it didn't make you limp like that. At least mine didn't. Uh, it seemed a whole lot like he rolled his ankle, but I guess who really knows? It was kind of tough to watch him for those I want to say like two and a half days because they did have TV coverage of the pro am. Um, and before they even reported, I'm like, oh man, he can't put any weight on that left foot. That's kind of weird. He must've hurt himself fighting through something. And then, and then, yeah, the report comes out that he hurt himself, but obviously his swing is ridiculous. I tweeted something out on Saturday with his swing and then Rory swing next to each other. And obviously Tiger or Charlie listened to Tiger when he said, don't swing like me, swing like Rory. They look exactly the same. He was struggling a little bit, hitting some uh, shots chunky, but that's going to happen when you can't get off your back foot and really get your weight into that lead side. He was hanging back. That's going to result in chunky shots, but his driver was phenomenal. He was was striping it off the tee really well. Um, Made some putts. Chipping, again, is another thing that he didn't do very well, but again, chipping you want probably 70% of your weight on your lead side when you chip, and when you have a sprained left ankle, you just can't do that. So... It was tough to watch a little bit because he did look like he was in a lot of pain. Sunday was a little bit better that he was getting on his lead side, but yeah, it was good to see. It was good. That weekend is all about the moments with the family and everything. You saw it with Will and Annika too. It's just an awesome, awesome weekend for the game of golf because even John in the interview said this, said something along the same lines as with everything going on in the world of golf right now with all the live bullshit and the PGA tour versus live bullshit and Patrick Reed suing everybody on the face of the planet earth. Like it's nice to have a weekend at the end of the year after a year that was probably the most hectic year in golf that I can remember, at least in my lifetime with an event that is solely based on family. Pretty much. I know that's cheesy, but it, it's very true. Seeing Will out there playing with his mom was awesome. Obviously, 
uh, Charlie and Tiger, but even like the uh, Nelly and her dad, JT and his dad, Jordan and his dad, uh, Trevino playing with his youngest son. It was just awesome. The youngest son is 30, but just a really awesome event. I think that event is only going to get bigger. I wouldn't be surprised if Rory and Jerry playing in it at some point. Um, I know Tony, Tony Finau just did an interview that he said that he's going to play in it as soon as he's eligible for it, which you need to win a major or a player. So Tony's going to have to win a big event at some point during his career to be able to get into it. But what an unbelievable and fun tournament to end the season with. It was really good. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I got on everything. Um, and I think that's I think that's it. Just a heads up, uh, no show next week because I am not working next week. I do not think Andy is going to do a 45-minute podcast uh, talking about literally nothing because there's no golf this weekend. So, And it's a couple days after Christmas. I'm sure that some people probably even have that time off anyway. Uh, so we're not going to have a podcast next week. I think this is going to be the first week we haven't had a podcast since I, at least Andy came on the show. So over a year. So we'll take a, uh, so we'll take a week off. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. So everybody, have a great holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy New Year, even just because we won't uh, we won't talk to you next week, and enjoy this interview with Major League Baseball Hall of Famer John Smoltz. See you guys. All right, folks, we are joined by World Series champion, eight time All Star, Cy Young Award winner, Baseball Hall of Famer, longtime Atlanta Brave, one time Red Sox. I have to bring it up because I am from New England. <laughs> Mr. John Smoltz, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I wish I had a do-over with the Red Sox, but um, that was an experience of a lifetime. Getting a chance to get back in the field, so I'm doing good. I was gonna, I was gonna ask about that before I asked about the Braves. Was it? Uh, it wasn't for a long time. It didn't go as way you planned. But how was it playing in Boston? You know, it was. They gave me an opportunity to come back on the field to prove I could at least. I don't know, I guess walk off on my own terms. You know, I'd come back from major surgery and uh, I wish I would have done a couple things different. I was really nervous because of the history of obviously Boston and the fan base. Wasn't going to pitch till July or June, somewhere in that area, and, and was really looking forward to a playoff run. And really the atmosphere that's there when you're a visiting player is second to none. So I wanted to experience, experience it as a home player. But, you know, I, I should have stayed stubborn to some of the things that made me successful. Um, I listened to some things that, that got me off track. And that is one of the, one of the, I, you know, I don't have many regrets in life. I just would have liked a, a do over there to, to perform a little bit better than I did because as a visitor, I did great as a home player. I did awful. And I, I didn't think it was possible to raise my career ERA as much as I did in the short time that I was with Boston. <laughs> Well, yeah, the before that your career was unbelievable. And I do want to hear about the the old days. Maddox, Glavin, the Braves, you guys were loaded. That starting pitching staff was unbelievable. So I want to hear some of your best stories from back in the day. Well, you know, when you start out like we did, Glavin and I, of course, were together for the longest time, but we we were terrible, right? We were having a hard time trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B, yet alone establish ourselves so then we we hit the the jackpot in 91 we shock everybody and 93 we get greg maddox and all of a sudden you could see wow this could be something pretty special and 
It was. It was beyond belief. Ten years of of one of the greatest. I call it the greatest viewpoints of watching somebody do something special every night. And those were two of the best. And I was glad to be a part of it. And you know, the only regret we had is that we didn't win enough championships. So we we won one, but we were on our way to winning multiple. And you know, we had time of our lives playing golf. We took golf trips. I was kind of the the golf concierge. I set everything up. We, we extended our careers through golf because we were able to get away from the game. Yeah, you pitch once every five days. I used to tell the position players, we have the greatest job in America. You could have chose it, but you don't have to play every day. So don't get jealous when we're out playing golf, you know, for three or four times a week. So you got to play a lot during the season? We did. We played a lot on the road, um, pretty much every day on the road. Not wow. the day that we pitched. Right. But our, our pitching staff had five guys that four of them, all five of them played golf. So when one guy would pitch on the road, we had a foursome. And um, we, we taught guys eventually that didn't know how to play to play because that was going to be part of the resume getting into Atlanta Braves rotation. And, you know, we had to play for the greatest manager in the history of baseball. He, he knew what we were capable of doing and we would never take anything for granted. And um, we had the time of our lives. We stayed fresh. We were disciplined in our work ethic. And we never let that extracurricular activity get in the way of anything we we're trying to do on the field. But it certainly made the season go by and we were refreshed. It wasn't like we were walking, you know, 36 holes every day. We were in a golf cart and we were getting up, coming back, taking a nap if we had to. So um, I know a lot of clubs frown on it. I think they're making a huge mistake when that happens, but ours uh, allowed us to do it. Yeah. How do, how important do you think it is to have that outlet as a professional athlete to kind of get away from your sport and do something else? Well, it's huge. I mean, I don't know what position players do because they got to play so much. I mean, they got to play, you know, in our day, they were playing 162 games, right? not like 120 or 130 or 140 now. So um, it, it was huge. And for a pitcher that, again, is different, but we were logging 240, 250 innings, you, you have to have something to get away from the mental um, – you know, our mechanics were so important that that's what we focused on. So to get a release from it was great. And we never let our golf become the mechanical, like, you know, mentally you don't get worn down. So you do your job, you prepare in between. What are you going to do? You sit around, you watch 125 games a year. So um, I know I would go crazy if I wasn't able to do some of those things. That's why I stayed 21 years with Atlanta, by the way, because I was not, it didn't matter how much money you offered me in another club. If you were not going to allow me to play golf in between there, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have signed. Did you, did you start playing golf closer to your playing career? Or did you start when you were a kid? No, I never played till I got to the a, um, a ball with wow. the tigers. And I was like, I'm bored out of my mind. What am I going to do? I never fished or golf. And I took up both. I loved them both. I met a lot of great people through both golf and, and, and fishing, but Golf literally hooked me, no pun intended. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe what I used to think this game was not an athletic sport and really didn't have much to offer. And I couldn't be farther from the truth. I love it. And, uh, you know, it's something that it's the only thing that gets my competitive juices now at 55 years old. Did you pick it up pretty quick? I actually did. I never remember really kind of. You know, I never shot in the hundreds. I shot in low 90s and, and was asking questions. Kind of self-taught baseball player, too, as a kid growing up. So I learned a lot of things uh, mechanically that I attributed to golf. And I just like 
trying things and seeing if I can perfect them. You know, golf, you can't perfect, obviously, but it's fun trying. Is there a, is there a shared mindset when you're pitching and playing golf that you kind of carry into both things or do you try to keep both things completely separate? No, that was the one thing that was great about, you know, baseball and golf. You stand on a mound and nothing starts until you deliver the pitch and your pre-shot or pre-pitch thought process is the same. You got to be committed. And yes, we're not as good as golfers as we were pitchers, but the same mental approach applies. If you have any doubt in a pitch you're going to throw or you think negatively, a negative thing's going to happen. The same thing in golf. And I had a thing with our caddies or I would tell people, never tell somebody don't and then a command. Whatever you do, don't say don't hit it right. Because now you're only thinking about hit or right. The brain doesn't, you know, it doesn't compose don't. The same thing if a catcher came or a manager or a pitching coach says, don't hang this pitch. You know, you don't want, you want a positive command. You want throw this pitch down and away, hit this ball out to the right. And those are the things that, that you can practice and your mental game stays sharp, even though you're physically not doing your act as a baseball pitcher, because you can only really do it so much, right? You can't throw every day. Right. So you played a bunch on the road. Do, when you were traveling around, did you try to play the best golf courses in those areas? Did you just go to local munis and kind of where the common men like to tee it up? No, we actually, um, early in our career, I'd make some phone calls, met a lot of great people, made connections. You know, it was tougher when you're losing 100 games and you're like, hey, this is John Smoltz with the Atlanta Braves. Like, click. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, we start winning and we're getting invited and in opportunities that probably existed for us. And we played somewhere, you know, the, the politics changed in the top 100 in the U S but we kind of calculated 70 to 73 of the top 100 golf courses over the course of our career. And that became, that became my motive of like playing all U S open courses played. I played, we played just about every one you can. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, I'd set up the rent cars, set up the tee times, get the members, had a little notebook with all the names that was before, you know, computers and storing things on your phone and uh, carried a little briefcase that was like glued to me because I didn't want to lose that. Cause if I lost that, I lost all the contacts. So yeah, it was, um, it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. So what was the best golf course that you got to play on the road? And then what was that experience like being able to share that with teammates that you spent pretty much every day with? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, my, one of my favorite all times is Oakmont. Um, but we played Shinnecock on an off day, which is out in Long Island in New York takes a, we rented a car. It was an epic trip. There's memories there that, um, you know, we'll share forever. And we played, we have all played Augusta. Um, you know, that's my home state. That's a little easier to, to play than, uh, but, but I mean, for the most part, every U S open course we can think of, we were playing or, and we got a chance in the cities that we went to, cause that's where most of the major, you know, golf tournaments would take place. We got a chance to experience it and make a connection and, and, um, we didn't take it for granted. That's for sure. I mean, the one rule I had is you make a choice at night, what you want to do, but if you miss a tea time and you say you're going to play, there's a fine associated with it. And, uh, only had a couple people miss a couple tea times. Other than that, everyone was pretty good. I love that. Uh, uh, handful of people get to play Augusta in their lives. I need to hear about that experience. What was that like? Yeah. So the first time wasn't as, um, 
great of an experience as we had hoped. Um, we were doing a charity out there for the March of Dimes. So it was an opportunity after the 91 World Series. Charlie Liebrandt and myself were limoed down and we were all excited about this opportunity. And, you know, you, we were in Atlanta and it was pouring in Atlanta and the whole way we got there. And, you know, we outran the rain, but we knew what was coming. And we had to meet all the dignitaries. We had to do all these things. And meanwhile, we're just antsy knowing we want to get on the course because we know this front's coming this way. It's coming east. And we didn't get on the course to about one o'clock. And unbelievably, it did not rain for the first 10 holes. And then the skies opened up. And the caddies were looking at us like, are we going in? We said, if they don't shut the course, we're not going in. We don't know if we're coming back. Right. We played standing water on some of the greens. We were playing in Caddyshack rain. And <laughs> when we got done, you're kind of, you know, drenched, you're beat up. And then we had this huge card show that kind of went awry. And it was a, it was an experience where we got in the limo on the way home and we were just tired as all get out. But I've been lucky enough to play about eight, nine times since. And my most memorable round happened while I was playing in spring training um latter part of my career and and tiger gave me an opportunity of a lifetime about two to three weeks before the masters on a sunday he said hey you know i'll fly you down we'll play a god style have you back by three o'clock can you do it i'm like oh my gosh i gotta just ask my manager luckily i have a light day well long story short my manager lets me do it nobody finds out wheels up we go play augusta on sunday with every pin as a sunday pin now, the thing about Augusta is, even though Tiger had won it a bunch, you got to play with a member. It's not like Tiger can, you know, waltz out there and play by himself. So I was late to the plane, so it caused us not to hit practice balls. I was so excited to get out there. And, um, yeah, I, I we go to the first tee, and I pipe it down the middle, and he hit it in the bunker, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, man, I was walking down the, with Tiger because we had played a bunch of golf then. And I said, this might, might, might be my day, Tiger. And he goes, yeah, this, this could be your day. And I double bogeyed from the middle of the fairway, and he parred. He shot 66. I shot 76. And it was one of the coolest experiences to see a man tear up a golf course, literally, like it was his backyard. And uh, he carved it up. He, he knew, every obviously, where to hit everything. And just playing that, telling my grandson one day, I got two grandsons when they're old enough, saying, hey, I played Augusta on Sunday with Tiger. They're going to be like, what? Let me look it up. Oh, you can't look it up, but but it actually (laughs) happened. Unbelievable. So for the people that don't know, Tiger once called you the best non-professional golfer he's ever played with. So I have to, I have to ask, how's the, how's the game? Well, the game, you know, as I've gone, gotten older and some, some body parts are breaking down, it's still okay. It's not where I want it to be. I, I did play in quite a few champions tour and realizing that my work gets in the way of trying to become a professional golfer. So I'm kind of giving up on that, but you know, I take that with a grain of salt tiger. We had our matches. We had a a blast. Uh, I don't know how many non-professional golfers he's played with, but there was a time and place where I could definitely keep it up with them distance wise and, and shot ability started to obviously wane when it came to his ability to shoot scores of mine. But I learned so much watching them. TV, there's nothing that does justice until you've seen a a man or the professional women play up close. Their technique, their golf swing, it is the most single most separator 
And I know they've done this their whole life. And, and, and it would be similar if they came into baseball and tried to throw or hit. And, you know, Tiger got to experience that in a simulated game that he, he, he took place in, uh, in, in Orlando. And so we, we just, I mean, I had time in my life playing, playing many, many rounds with him and Annika. I mean, think about it. I got a chance to play with the two number one golfers in the world. The only one at the time that's ever done that because it was the only time, you know, they had never played until this particular round at, in, in Florida at uh, Tiger's course, Isleworth. And it was a, an absolute treat watching them practice on the range. I could have sat there in a chair for, the, for two hours and watched them do what they did. It was one, phenomenal. One of my favorite things to do when I go to tour events is go to the range and just watch them hit balls because they don't miss hit many no it's unbelievable no. i've always said they play a different game than we do just because that like you said that separation is just so big compared to even a scratch plus two handicap it's absurd how good they are compared to everybody else yeah and that's the one thing about golf you know you play in a team sport you might get some things that you might not expose some of your weaknesses because a team sport can kind of cover for them i don't care where you are, eventually golf will expose your weakness because you'll be in that spot you hope you're never going to be in. And that's the one thing that even the professional golfers have tiny weaknesses that get exposed over time. But, man, the time they put in and the range and the practice they put in, we get to play, obviously, in the LPGA Tournament of Champions. And when I played with every one of these great women golfers, I was so intrigued to see where would my distance be to their distance? Where would my wedge game be to their wedge game? And the one thing that always screams out is they know every single distance and club to hit every single time. Now, you would think that would be commonplace with a golfer. It's not. You know, where we struggle is, uh, you know, do, is it in between? Do we have the yardages down pat? They know to basically two yards when they hit a ball where that ball is going to go. And I would say the major differences between the PGA and the LPGA is the spin and the shots around the green where the ball has a little bit more spin and, and club head speed. But I thought this was starting about, I don't know how many years I've been doing this, six years, seven years with the LPGA event. I thought that I could compete score-wise, and boy, did I get humiliated quick. And, and it's been fun to watch um, these professionals do their thing. Outside of Annika, who has, who has impressed you the most? If you take like a modern player like Nelly or someone like that, who has been an eye-opener for you when you've been out there at the Tournament Champions for LPGA? You know, honestly, it's like they all hit the ball farther than you think. I, they I, do. I, Brooks, Brooks, Brooks Henderson is amazing with the driver she she hits a driver that most men weren't don't hit on length i think dechambeau was the first um pga to hit this kind of driver and she would hit this like a longest driver allowed choke up a little bit and just pipe it down the middle and you would go i'm having a hard time keeping up with that but all the top golfers that I just am amazed on, on how much – I shouldn't be, but I get amazed every time how much control they have of their game. No matter what the wind's doing, no matter what the conditions are, they're in so much control of their game that when you add up everything, that you like nothing will blow you away and all of a sudden there's six under. And you go, wait a minute. 
I mean, I'm grinding over par putts and maybe I got my chances for birdies and I have my day here or there. But when I won the, the event back to back and I did shoot under par, I still didn't come close to the total score. And yeah, we're playing kind of a different format, you know, as a point system. So it was a little bit different, but you know, the Nelly Corda Thompson, they, they have reached and these women have been playing when they were like 13, 14 and 15 in some cases as a professional, which is amazing. That always boggles my mind when you watch a professional tour event and all of a sudden a 14 year old steps to the tee. That doesn't even, it doesn't even comprehend in my mind that that's possible. <laughs> doesn't Absolutely. Even so when you're, when you're playing in this event, what are the conversations like with the pros? Like, are they, cause they're, they're competing also, they're trying to win. Are they offering any advice when you're playing or as soon as the, the blinders kind of go on, as soon as they're on the first tee and they're just playing their game? You know, I think what this event has done for them, honestly, it's opened up the serious, keep your head down, compete. You're, they're playing with amongst champions. So it's, you know, the best of the best in their previous year. But I think they've actually, through this event, I could be wrong, majority of them have had more fun. There's music. There's uh, celebrities. They pick their brain. They've asked me a lot of questions about my sport, what I do, and vice versa. And, you know, for the most part, the majority of us can play a little bit. Um, and when there's some guy or some celebrity girl that needs to get a tip or two, they're willing to offer. They're willing to, to, to help your game. So I really think in, in, in a way where this is unorthodox to their tour, this has really kind of opened up and had some fun because I, I was a little bit more concerned for them. Like, hey, this is their gig. Let me stay out of their way. They they've got a lot of money to be playing for, but it was it's been a blast. You know, I played with Nelly Corda last year a couple times um, in the round, and just getting to know her routine. And you know, they're they're very methodical about. Some of them are like so locked into what they're doing, but I think this event is really really freed them up a little bit with some music on the 18th hole with, you know, a lot of different atmosphere. It's been pretty cool. And that's what I was going to ask you. What, if there was any sort of stepping on eggshell kind of thing, you know what I mean? Cause it's not, you're, you're coming into that kind of their workplace and they're trying to do their thing. Uh, so that's very interesting to hear. Uh, obviously the, um, the betterment of the atmosphere is awesome because you want to yeah. put them in the best mind state as possible, which is great. Yeah. I did want to, I did want to ask you, I, we've talked about Tiger a lot, but I got a couple more questions about Tiger. As a professional athlete, I think you can have a better little perspective on this, especially coming back from injury. What he's done, how impressive is it what he's done since the accident? Coming back, making that a cut at the Masters. He made the cut at the PGA. Obviously, he had to withdraw after Saturday's round. Showing up to these events, how impressive is it after what happened to him? Because it's it is insane when you think about it. No, it really is. Um, his motor is unlike any other motor. I mean, it's right in there with Michael Jordan. I mean, from a competitive drive and the ability to overcome and achieve, I've never seen anything like it. You know, we used to talk a lot about in the heyday of when he was going through before his first knee surgery at the U.S. Open against Rocco, and I don't think anybody really kind of truly believed. There were some questions like, "Hey, maybe he's jaking it a little bit. He hits a bad shot. His knee hurts." And I think everybody found out that his knee was in a horrible place and he had to have that surgically repaired. So he's definitely gone about the game of golf in a way where 
you can make the argument he's dominated golf more than anybody. I mean, Amy Jack's in there too. Jack Nicholas, I didn't get a chance to see him play as much, of course, um, as I got a chance to see up close with Tiger. But he, he's he's done it all, and he wants it all. And I think his body pays some of that price for how insane he works out and insane some of the things that he used to do. Having said that, coming back and reinventing himself is not an easy – it's not easy. You know, I don't even know a fair comparison, but it would be like if Michael Jordan couldn't jump anymore but was still playing basketball, it would take away, you know, the ingenuity of what made Michael so incredible. I'm sure he'd find a way to score and be different player, but that's what Tiger's doing today in the world of golf. It's it's that that fall from where he was to where he was trying to get to again was so big that I don't think many people gave him a chance to even ever compete again. And to your point, when he, the masters was just something that at the whole, whether you like golf or not, I think you started tuning in to see this incredible round, incredible time. So I didn't, I never doubted tiger ability to come back, but I'm amazed at what he's been able to do. I think that everyone is more amazed. There's never been a thought that he wouldn't try or get to this level, but now you look at him and you think, okay, well, how much longer can he do this? And, and how many more things is he going to try to, you know, and it may, it may not surprise anybody if he wins again, for sure. It's impossible to doubt that man after everything he's done. And I don't, and it's still awe-inspiring what he's been yeah. able to do. It's insane. Have yeah. you, have you gotten the chance to play with them since what, what was it like? What was the last time you played with tiger? The last time was, was before all of the stuff happened. Right. And so, you know, our, our schedules just haven't worked out since we've seen each other a couple of times. And of course he's been through trying to rehab and get everything back, but I'm sure we will. And that'll be a lot of fun um, to play again. And, you know, I, I, I've lost a lot of the, <laughs> all the yardage <laughs> since the last time we played, which is, which is obviously in my age, but uh, I have a few things I've got to get done myself. I got to have two hips replaced. And, and uh, once I get put back together, hopefully uh, some of those things will come back. But, you know, I mean, I think of 21 years in major league baseball, it's a lot like baseball gets kind of a rap sheet of like, Oh, how hard is it to play baseball? You know, eh. It's a long season, you know, it's 162 games and guys get beat up, you know, the longer they play, it's, it's not like playing football. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to compare it to head on collisions, um, but golf has a, sim- a lot of similarities in the sense that yes, you can play it a lot longer into your life, but it's a grind. It's four, four, four rounds, every tournament, you know, there's however many tournaments it's sports, any sport you play a long time and you have a one-sided sport. You start your body starts adjusting and it, it takes its toll. So um, I've had, I think, nine surgeries and I'm, I, I want to have only two more. And that's it. I hope that's it. I hope that the last two are my two hips and I can um, I'll stop playing golf when I can't shoot my age. That's what I've always said. Can you can you still I know you haven't had the operation. Are you still playing now? I'm still playing now. Um, you know, when I'm in a cart, it's it's fine. When I'm walking, it, it's a grind. Um, and th- that's what separates. That's the one thing I never used to understand when people would talk to me about whether it's Casey Martin and, you know, the, the, the sentiment about what he was going through. I didn't understand the separation of walking and golf cart and, and playing these four rounds. It is 
a big separation. If you're not in shape, if you can't handle, it seems kind of seems like, oh, how hard is it to walk? It's the stress. It's the time. It's the time on your feet. And um, no greater example for me is, is going to be, you know, in, in coming up in this tournament of champions, it's a four day walk. It's a grind. You're, you're on your feet. There's not a lot of places to go uh, stretch and lay down. So um, this probably, I told my wife, she's been right, but this is probably going to be my last tournament before my surgery. And then, and then I'll get it done and, and try to rehab and get ready for the next one. What's the, what's your prep going to be like for that week? Cause, because of taking into account all of the walking, I'm sure that you're probably going to want to rest up at the same time. You're going to be on a big stage. And you want your game to be there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is the, the, you know, I, I I'm trying to get in shape. That's a balance that I've not been very good because you do the elliptical, you do certain things, you, you know, your hips are, are, uh, get fatigued real quick. So I, I, I've got some days to try to get myself. I'm going to be doing some walk and try to get some, um, but it, I go through stretches and if I was in where you're at right now in Boston, yeah. there's no chance my hips are going to feel good in that weather. <laughs> no, so no. there's that luckily it's Florida. Luckily it's warm. And, um, you know, that, that, that really helps, but I've been putting it off for a long time. And, and I know everyone says, oh, you're going to, you're going to be glad that you, you're going to say you wish you would have done it. I get all that. And, uh, but um, I think I'm finally uh, ready to, to get it done. That's awesome. One more question before I get you out of here. PNC champions, this uh, PNC championship, excuse me, is this weekend. Tiger's playing it with Charlie. Uh, you've known Tiger for a long time. How awesome is it to see him finally on a big stage playing with his son? First of all, I can't think of another young man that has more pressure entering this world of adulthood than Charlie. My goodness. And I think he's more than capable of handling it. The mannerisms, the unbelievable golf swing parallel is, it's just mind boggling to think that you could even fall in the footsteps of, of the greatest golfer of all time. I can't imagine what that, <laughs> what he's going through and he delivers. It's, it's awesome that, you know, that may not attract a lot of fans in the past. I think it's a great event by the way, but it's attracting a ton of fans um, these last couple of years. And, you know, Tiger and, and his son and just the way that, that last year, because everyone kind of held their breath. He was in a cart. It was really, probably faster to get back to the course than anyone could have ever thought, but he did it. And this year, of course, you know, um, with the exception of him having to withdraw from his own tournament, I think you've seen the match and you've seen him, you know, he's, he's, he's going to play. And, and I, I know those two want to win it. Yeah. And Charlie's playing a couple boxes back now. He's playing the same tee box as Nelly, same one as uh, daily. It's going to be very interesting to see him, play from the same spot those guys are. Yeah. I mean, the work ethic, that's not something every, it gets passed down through every generation, through every child. I think it's gotten into, there's no doubt that's a revved up. That's a, you know, if Tiger is a Ferrari, man, his son is just waiting <laughs> yeah. to get to that level to let it go. So uh, it, it, it's really rejuvenated golf. Uh, it's put a lot of energy into golf with all that's going on and the confusion of certain things that are going on in golf right now. Um, this brings it back to what is special about this game. If you can play it a long time, but if you can play it with your children or you can play it with a nephew or somebody, that is, that's pretty cool. 
to have a tournament that I think now is going to be around for a while. I think so too. And I think because of Charlie, it's all of a, Charlie's really helped this event over the last couple of years in Sasam C. And now you got JT playing in it, Jordan, Nelly. It's awesome. John. Yeah, and the dailies, right? The dailies are defending Yeah, champs. daily defending right. champs. The kid can play. He's at Arkansas. I don't know much how how much he played during their season, but I know he's a stick, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, they won it last year. It's going to be very interesting to see if Charlie can carry his dad a little bit or vice versa, <laughs> see if Tiger can turn it, can turn it on. Uh, John, thank you so much for being with us. I'm very excited to watch the Tournament of Champions next month, LPGA. The field's obviously loaded. Celebrities are going to be great. Um, so I'll, I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.